Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is Odilon, Odilon Alexander Ngu. I'm here with my friend Tahuti, and today we're going to have a quick conversation um, about uh, a book that I wrote um, called Intelligent Systems. Well, you can't see it with the uh, background, but um, this book is, uh, is, is, is a book that attempts to solve um, uh, uh, the theory of everything, which, which, which is the concept that that there is some unifying theory that unifies everything and explains how nature evolves and how nature emerges and, and even how everything interacts with nature. Um, so uh, Tehuta and I have been uh, friends for quite some time. And uh, for the last year or so, we've actually been having a very uh, frequent conversations about, um, about just everything, just how nature works, history, historical context, everything. And he's brilliant, obviously. Uh, and uh, today we're just gonna explore the book the motivation behind the book and uh, some of the things that I think that uh, might be groundbreaking or might add to the knowledge base that we already have um, on the planet. So thank you guys for having us. Tehuti, please take it over. Yeah, so really, you know, the book was really a fantastic book for, for my perspective. Just the format alone really was was brilliant because again, I've read so many books, academic and scholastic books, and the book really ties into that scholastic academic field. I really feel like that the book has the potential or just, you know, the body of work has the potential to pierce the, the, you know, pierce the crowds of the Harvards and the Oxfords, you know, that crowd, because that's really where the book is. And that's what I view the book as because the body of work is really solid, you know? So, yeah. So really intelligence, you know, let's talk, let's talk about it. Intelligence. Why is intelligence? You know, let's, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Right. So, well, I mean, what is intelligence? Um, uh, uh, so basically, this book is a book that I was motivated to write this book because I needed to find my place within 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 nature. <laughs> that was that was the motivation. Right. Simple as that. And, and, and I was a young child. I've always been very curious, um, and I've always been very interested in the in the in the, in the philosophies and the mathematics. Um, and, and, and and this question has been something that I've pondered for quite some time, as as many of us have. I'm sure you, I'm sure you have too. And uh, some of the great scholars of, of our past of, throughout history have tried to solve this problem, right? And, 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 and I mean, religious scholars spend their entire lives trying to figure out um, the, the solution to how everything, how nature emerged and how nature um, uh, is able to sustain itself over time, right? And um, so, 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 so it, it, it just so happened that my my pursuit of self understanding, of self actualization, allowed me to get to the point where I realized that the solution to me is the solution to the problem that that all these scholars have, have tried to solve for thousands of years, right? And then all the way to all the way to the to the to, 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 to the Paul Dirac's and to the Einsteins. Uh, whose goal was to unify systems, unify how all intelligent systems work. And, and when I say intelligent systems, uh, I'm referring to essentially systems that are 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 intelligent in a sense, like nature is intelligent. Would you say? Right. 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 Go ahead, sir. Yeah, so I agree. Obviously, the intelligence present within nature, you just, again, you know, after we've got the plants and the constant computation, the photosynthesis is ninety five percent efficiency rate. So it's because there's a high level of intelligence within nature, you know. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that, that you know, so but would you say that so the premise of the book is the premise here that 
or does the concept itself, are we dealing with that there's an intelligent author for everything in the universe? Is that what we're saying here? Um, so author is, okay, that's, that's an interesting term. Uh, I'll say more like an algorithm. Right, right. But an algorithm would, would, would imply an author, obviously. Uh, but, 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 but the, the interesting thing about this is that, is that yes, there's an author, but every author has an author too. Right. So, 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 and, and, and that was, that was the, that was the thing that, 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 that's been difficult for us as a humanity, as a, as a human race to try to figure out is, you know, if there is an author, what is the equation? Right, right. But what if some could argue, what if this equation is too complicated for the human mind to even comprehend, considering that's what brought the human into existence? And this algorithm is too complicated to even comprehend. Is that is that a factor? So, so I mean, there's an argument to be made that the, that, that, that the algorithm might, might be too, might be beyond the dimensions mm-hmm. that we currently exist in as a human race. It's an argument to be made there, um, but but the argument that's more interesting is is, is 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 the one that maybe this is not that maybe it's not that esoteric. Maybe maybe it is simple, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why it's been which is why it's been protected for so long because 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 it gives the the the, the holder of this key of this algorithm the ability to recreate the universe. Right, right. Which, which, which means that they can also destroy you. Right. You know that. So, so the implications are, you know. You know, you know that's that's really deep because what we're basically saying is that if we knew the algorithm, then then we could virtually become gods on earth, essentially become god because again, that's what created created the universe. You see, mm-hmm. that's powerful information. Right. The argument is the, the argument is this, right? Do we become gods, or do we go back into the godly nature that we innately are? Right, right. So he's saying, is the des- is the destiny to become that, and that's the destiny, and that's the innate nature. We're really just getting back to the innate nature, as opposed to becoming something that's external but was already within to begin with. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and, 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 and an example that, I, that we can talk about more detail about the book content later on, but is 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 that is the, is is the is the simple notion like this: the idea of of replicating self, right? Mm-hmm. It starts as a zero-dimensional thing. It starts as a thought, what, what? right? And this thought is able to transmute in a way. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or mathematically, we call it uh, homeo. It has homeomorphic properties, where it's able to transition dimensionally mm-hmm. into higher dimensions to the point where this thought becomes a person. Right, right. It goes through the process and it emerges just like the universe itself. Right, right. Material created. From nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. And see, that's one of the concepts that I like when you, when you deal with the material and the immaterial. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that through the immaterial, the material came into being. 
Right. The fashion of the universe. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 I this in this in this book, um, I describe intelligence to be infinitely finite. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and the finite nature of intelligence is the discrete nature of intelligence. Right. Right. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the discrete nature of intelligence. Because because we can we can model the discrete nature of intelligence, but we cannot yet, we we could not yet model the continuous infinite mm-hmm. aspect of this intelligence. You know, it's interesting you would say that you know infinitely finite. So could you expand more of that for the people that may not be familiar with the term and the concept? I'm sure if I think I've read somewhere that Einstein said the universe was infinitely finite. So could you expand on that and really elaborate for the people? So in, in infinitely finite is essentially, so I guess we, we, we can start with Gadel. Gadel's Incompleteness Theorems, mm-hmm. where he talks about the fact that essentially all of the knowledge systems that we have are inherently incomplete. Right. None of those knowledge systems are ever going to completely be able to, are gonna ever completely model nature. Mm-hmm. Because they're, dis- they're discretized representations of, 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 of this infinite intelligence. Right, right. Right? So when we say infinitely finite, we're saying that there is a duality to intelligence. Mm-hmm. This dichotomy that goes through all intelligent systems that gives them the properties of that gives them the properties of, of discreteness and continuousness. And right, continuity and continuity. And, and, this, and this is the representation of an infinitely finite system. So, but, so when we talk about nature, when you say that the infinity is manifested in the physical realm, is that even is that even possible, or is the physical realm itself just really a piece or a strand of this? And we didn't shrink free itself. We're talking about it. there's infinite, there's, you know, many different universes, many different possibilities. But this can it even manifest down here? So, is that, you know, is that even possible? It's a great question. It's a great question. So, so, so I think they coexist. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so the, the, the discrete nature of intelligence coexists. It, 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 it coexists with the infinite nature of intelligence. Because remember, it, it, if you talk about uncertainty principle, there is an infinite possibilities of possibilities. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, that's just the possibility that's discrete. That's what exists, depending on what dimension you exist in and how you perceive it. That's what exists at that moment. It's just, it coexists with the infinite aspect of intelligence. Right, right, right. So, would you say the human's goal then is to become infinite? Are we, is, it, is it to, is it, you know, what are we, are we supposed to tap into the inf- infinity? Like, what is the goal? For, what is the goal here? So the question is, is the goal of a human to become infinite again? Okay, mm-hmm. and that's a good question. So now let's use an analogy of a baby, for example. Right. Um, now let's, let's imagine intelligence is an entity, right? Now, when a baby is born, does a baby have, does a baby have a, high, a high level of connection to that, to that infinite intelligence or a low level? Well, you can imagine the highest level, I would, I would imagine. Okay, but the baby was just born. The baby, the baby came from zero dimensions. It came from idea, and it went into three dimensions, right? Mm-hmm. 
So would you say that the idea had the highest density of information than the actual discrete, discretized baby? Because the baby is just a discretized uh, 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 strand, like you said, of that infinite intelligence that existed within that sperm. Right, right. So we're saying, are we saying that sperm has the infinite intelligence, or is it many, and that's why there's so many sperm that needs to be released? So, 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 essentially, the premise of this is that every single system is governed by that algorithm right. that governs all systems at the right. fundamental level. Right. That's what we're saying. So what we're saying is an underlying algorithm that governs all systems, and if we only knew that algorithm, then we can manipulate all systems? Exactly. And we can optimize. We can optimize all systems to 100% efficiency. Which essentially is means replicating self. Right, right. Okay, so now with the comes of efficiency, is the human one hundred percent efficient? Um, so it, efficiency also comes from with 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 its own sort of baggage. Efficiency for what? The, is it the utility of efficiency or efficiency for the universal system of intelligence? Because yes, there is an optimal, there is an optimal version that optimizes the universe. Right. But if you're talking about utilizing human, then that's a different conversation about the efficiency of the human being utilized for some something else. So if we talk systems, okay, solar system, animals, you know, animal system, human system. To me, the sun is the most efficient system, right? Can and then we're versions of that. Can the human ever reach that hundred percent efficiency that the, is the sun itself? Is that even possible, or should it should it even be possible for for a human to reach the efficiency of the of the sun? I, I'm not sure if I can answer that question, I'm, and I'm not sure if we can. I mean, that yes, to me is the highest level of, of efficient, efficiency. I don't think a human could ever. Within our dimension. Within our dimension. Right, within, within our, our dimension. Yes, within our yes. dimension, yes. So, that. Just from an energy I, I standpoint, energy so, input output. The argument I'll make is that, is that, is that this discrete aspect of intelligence is like a correction. Mm hmm. But but it's a built-in correction, right? That 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 that. that so, so in a way, in a way, in a way, the human is inherently flawed. The human is is inherently inefficient. Right, right, okay. Which is why the human dies. Right, right. So death is a climax of inefficiency. Exactly. Right, right. Which, 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 which tells me that it's a regression of life. It's a regression of intelligence. Like the, the human, the human life cycle is actually a regression of intelligence, or in a way, moving farther away from that density of the sperm. Right, right. So now let me ask you now. Okay, that's deep because I, I, I like the concept, you know, life and death. So now reincarnation. Can is that? 
a mathematical can someone mathematically constitute reincarnation is, is that does that fit in to this model can it be mathematically constituted can you would you say that so an, 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 an argument can be made that 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 after death this mm -hmm. place where they talk in, in religious the scholars called it heaven um, but this is the place of infinite dimensionality, of highest uncertainty, of highest information density. So, so in a way, in a way, death is just go. Death is just going back. Right, right. It's just going back to essentially to the density of that sperm, mm -hmm. which is which is why it's so interesting because we're talking about zero dimensions to higher dimensions, right? And and and, and 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 it's a it's a tough concept to wrap your head around because it's counterintuitive, right? You know, it's because we've been trained to sort of believe that when you age, you actually gain intelligence because you're actually acquiring knowledge, right? Right, right. But but are you acquiring knowledge really, or are you actually regressing and? What you're acquiring is more of a correction to the fact that you cannot actually reach that original dense knowledge efficiently, like a, like, a, like a baby can. So we're saying aging is not actually getting better, but we're getting worse, is what we're saying. That would be the argument. The argument would be that, yes, is that, is that, is that, is that, our civilization in a way has been regressing in intelligence right right so 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 the more the more discretized our knowledge systems get which, which is why we have all these different schools of thoughts all these concentrations mathematics physics chemistry the more it becomes discretized then it, it's actually a a, 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 a a signifier of our regression from the original dense knowledge because if you go backwards right Historically, mm -hmm. there were less, there's less and less and less and less concentrations. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But so, okay, so now back to back to what I was saying. The original point. Now, the concept of reincarnation is okay. Then you die and then you come back to restart mm -hmm. the cycle again. But mm -hmm. math, so when you talk about you know death is the climax of inefficiency. And that dying, that's basically what an inefficient system does. It dies, whereas a 100% system like the sun, you know, there's a continuation. So does reincarnation fall into that? And as an inefficient system tries to become efficient, so it constantly comes back in the cycle. Mm. And would you, would you say that fits in? So, so um, I mean, there's an argument to be made there. But mm -hmm. from a mathematical perspective, I haven't really explored reincarnation from a mathematical mm -hmm. perspective. I haven't explored that. I mean, I'm going to think about it more. But, 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 but I definitely there is definitely there is definitely uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, like just like there is emergence from mm -hmm. nothingness, the opposite happens, where right. there is there is there is. The dissolution when things dissolve into into nothingness, right, right. The same way, the same way it came from nothingness is going to go to nothingness, right, right, right. So to me, that's the full cycle, right, right, right. So so if if, if the cycle repeats itself, I can't really speak on that until I think about it more. 
But mm-hmm. that's the full cycle of life. Of, and, and that duality actually is mathematically represented by the by the notion of the equality sign. Right. Okay. There, there you go. I wanted to tap into that. All right. Yeah. So, so again, now you know. I know you touch on that now, and obviously, you know, the equal sign now. Well, so what is your whole perspective on that? We, you know, you, you touch on it being essentially incomplete. Can you elaborate more on that? What is your perspective of the equal sign? Yes, yes. I think the equal sign was the is the philosophical representation of finite intelligence, mm. or, 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 or what I explore in the book, uh, known as spherical intelligence, right. or spherical, spherical dimensions. Right, right. You know, and I can go deep into the mathematics of it, but mm-hmm. but but Poincaré proved already, and other mathematicians already proved that at the fundamental level, most all systems mm-hmm. are unit scarce. Right, right, right. Go ahead. So when we deal with the equal sign, from my perspective. It's you know that's equal. It's you know that's the result almost. So two plus two is four. That's the result. So but that's the result as far as so how does that tie in then? If we're saying if that's the result of this of this mathematical problem, this is now the result. So so to me, isn't that not completing the system? So 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 exactly. So it stabilizes the system. Right right. And, And that's what makes that's what makes it stable within the discrete dimensions. Mm-hmm. Just like when you, just like when you, when you, uh, um, you, uh, you blow a bubble, right? And the bubble forms a sphere and it floats away, right? 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 That was water and soap, and now it's discretized mm-hmm. into, into, in, into the most fundamental entity, right? 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 And now, now it has shape, and now it can be manipulated in higher dimensions. See, a lot of concepts that we saw, we go from a, this 2D plane to this three-dimensional sphere, right? I like that. Exactly. And the equal sign topologically, like, like, like we had in our previous conversations, is that it just represents this dichotomy within intelligence, right? Hmm. It's this duality of completeness and incompleteness. The, 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 the notion of infinitely finite. But guess what? The equality symbol is the finite nature of intelligence and that's all it represents which is why we've almost we've been stuck within this discrete final system right, and it's right. very difficult for us to comprehend the, the the infinity of everything else because because we're stuck within that finite sphere of intelligence that discrete you know, sphere. right right but again what, like i was mentioned before as far as the infinity would you say that we're not supposed to manifest infinity, but we're supposed to chop that up into feasible, manageable aspects, and that's where the equal sign comes in to allow us to chop that up into manageable exactly. sections. Exactly, exactly. So the, the equal sign allows us to 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 stabilize it, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Stabilize it. But now it's time for us to now open the next door because the, because the equal sign was monumental, mm-hmm. right? Most of our mathematics today uses the equal sign, right, right, right. But now the next, the next school of thought is the infinity symbol. All right, so this, so this all right. So now we got we got to go to the next level now. So we're saying equal sign. This is where we began. Now that's the next level. So now, 
infinity symbol. So now, how can that be applied? That's what they're, you know, they're going to ask, how can it be applied? Where do we go from here? The infinity symbol represents the infinite, complete representation of the, of, of the infinite dimensions and the finite dimensions. Mm -hmm. So now, now we're getting a more complete interpretation of, of nature. So now we're not saying that two things are equal. We're saying, how does this thing fit within the universality of all systems? Is it right. optimized to actually be part of nature? That's powerful. That's what but, it represents. But to get to that level then, is that, can a human, obviously, if I say two plus two equals four, that's a math, that's math that I can write down on a piece of paper. When we get to the level where we're writing infinity now in our equations, is that math that I can just, on a piece of paper, just, or do, do computers need to be involved now because that level of math now is beyond us? So, so, so it's, 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 it's actually much, much simpler to understand nature mm -hmm. from that perspective because it's, right. it's complete. So the, the issue with reduction and discretization, well, it's not an issue, but it's incomplete, is that it, it dilutes over time. Right, right. It, it comes, it, 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 it thins out. And that's why, that's why discrete systems die. Mm -hmm. That's why we die. Right. We thin out. Mm -hmm. We stray away, we, 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 we evolve farther and farther away from that original density. Right, right. So, 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 and that's why the systems that we use today are inherently inefficient. Right, right. We build cars that you have to refuel. Right, right. Our bodies need food mm -hmm. to sustain themselves. But if we live in infinite dimensions, we don't need that. Everything is self-replicating. Everything is infinite. Right, right. So we're saying, are we saying that the model then, would you say that this reality or this third dimensional reality is built upon inefficiency? Is that what we're saying? 100%. That's powerful. That is powerful. So, how then do, so the, so the ultimate question, the ultimatum really, how does one then escape this inefficient hand almost that we've been dealt based on the foundation? How does one escape that? Is that even possible? Yeah, that's a question that I've pondered for quite some time. And I think it goes down to a fundamental change that has to happen with the school of thought at the fundamental level and and and, and this school of thought is the school of thought that actually would give rise to the emergence of mathematics right right so essentially we hold mathematics to be the holy grail mm -hmm. right but we have to go right. beyond that right right we have to have a system that gives rise to our mathematics while taking into account that there's an infinite number of other mathematics or math knowledge systems that exist in other dimensions. Right, right. So let's say in order to go to the next level, we have to start bringing down possibilities of other dimensions, including, and we have to start incorporating that into our math because math is the foundation of our logic, the foundation of our philosophy. So we need to start bringing those systems and, and start building that math system right now from the other dimensions. Exactly. The reason why Earth looks the way it looks today is because we use the equal sign. 
if we had a if we had a more complete understanding of nature, mm-hmm. the earth we live on today would not look like this. Right, right. So now let me go ahead. So now let me ask you now. Okay, so the equal sign that's powerful. And you obviously you know I'm I'm, I'm dabbling into the, the programming world now. I'm dabbling into the coding world now. And the equal sign is very prevalent within the coding world and, and coding world making the CPU. We're giving it instructions. So are you saying that even computation itself has to be rewritten? I mean, Alan Turing proved this already. Even right. even computation itself is 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 is, is finite and thus it's incomplete. Right, right. And the reason why we use the equal sign with with, with, with our with current computers is because it's it's stable. Right, right. It, it creates an arbit- arbitrary constraint that allows us to make sense of information. Right, right. Bring it from zero dimensions to one dimension to two dimensions, and then now we build our fucking world and have three-dimensional objects now. Our mathematics allowed, allowed for the existence of our phones. Right, right. But if our mathematics is incomplete, what does that mean? It means all of our systems are incomplete. Right, that's powerful. Everything is incomplete. That's that's a big statement. Everything is incomplete, but it's a powerful statement, and it's a necessary one. Again, so so now let's tap into quantum computing. So, are you saying okay? So, if classical computing is incomplete because it's the equal sign, and we're using an equal sign, prevalent within our programs, mm-hmm. but classical computing now, I mean, quantum computing. It, are you saying that is, are we tapping into that infinite realm that we are speaking of and the inefficient realm by way of quantum computing? Are we tapping into that? Exactly. Exactly. I think that's what we're doing. I think I think I think with quantum computing, we will we will have the option mm-hmm. to to now play with infinite structures. Right, right. Which which and these infinite structures are they're interesting because they travel all the way to different dimensions right right so uh, in a way they're highways right right they're roads that are going to help us commute with di- because because they go through all the dimensions right right that's powerful so when we talk when we talk dimensions now you know this is, this is again deep. so now when we talk dimensions now dimensions again we're in the third dimension so are you saying that the other dimensions are invisible to us but are they accessible and if so, how can this be done? Great question. So the other dimensions are invisible to us because we're constrained within our discrete system. Mm-hmm. But we can access infinite intelligence if we have the right philosophy, if we have right. the right formula, if we have the right knowledge. Right. Because this is infinite, it's everywhere. It exists already. Right. Right? Like an example is this. Um, Einstein, Newton, these 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 guys came up with equations, mm-hmm. but where did these equations come from? Right, right. There's a there's an infinite amount of equations that exist, bro. Right. It's right. infinite. <laughs> Right. Equal, MC, equal MC squared, all that did was model energy. Mm-hmm. That's it. Energy is just one, it's just a, a little layer of knowledge. You know, right. And that's deep because, so now my question to you is now, how do we, 
if we're saying that we, we live, you know, around the infinite dimensions and we are, they can be accessed, how does one now recognize infinity? How do we recognize that we're tapping into now higher dimensional knowledge, higher dimensional aspects? How do we recognize that? How is that even recognizable? And how is that recognizable and not just dismissed as that's insane? That's crazy. How do we recognize? It's imaginary. It's imaginary. So how is how do we recognize it? And how do we start incorporating that now and putting that into our universe and our reality? How do we recognize high dimensional dimensionality? We have to we have to redefine everything. Right. So everything has to be redefined. I like, I like that again, you know, because that's right, right. That's powerful. But you're saying what you're saying is it, it first must begin with the mathematics and the equal sign essentially needs to be replaced even. Or can it can it coexist with your system or does it completely need to be just taken out? And and that, that's a great that's a great question that you just asked. So like I said, there's nothing inherently wrong with the equality sign, the equality mm-hmm. symbol. It's just incomplete. Right. Because because there are times when it does make sense to to, to zoom in. Right. Right? But, 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 but if we're going to build the foundation of our civilization, mm-hmm. we're not going to build that with an incomplete equation. Right. That foundation is not strong enough and it's designed to collapse death, right? And, and, and I have a hypothesis that that's why civilizations collapse. Right, come on, let's, come on, let's deal with it, let's deal with it. Right. Seriously, that's why they collapse. They have the wrong equation, they have the wrong philosophy. Right, right. But would you say that it's an inherent destiny for all civilization to one day collapse? Would you say it's mathematical because this formula is wrong, or is it just because that's the nature of reality for nothing to last forever? It's the nature of reality based on the fact that our entire civilization is built on an incomplete equation. So that becomes the nature of reality. And, and, and that's why it is that to, to solve the problem of humanity, we have to go beyond mathematics. Right. We have to go. We have to. We have to. Def, we have to define what preceded mathematics, what gave birth to mathematics. Right. Right. Because, like, like, like I told you before, to me, mathematics is just an elevator to the infinite dimensions of of, of, of intelligence. Right. That's it. That's all math is. It's an elevator. Right. Right. But there's different. You're saying there's different ways to get there. And that the equal sign, all that there's actually new routes to get to the equal that. sign. The equal sign gives us the access to every floor. Right, right. How about that? That's that's deep. You know, and now it's our choice to decide where we want to go. Right, that's powerful. So now yeah. my question for you now, then, you know, okay, so now we hear a lot of AI. Everyone's talking AI now. Everyone wants AI, machine learning now. Deep learn. They're talking about all these things. All these things now. So now, right now, we have a, they call it ANI, artificial narrow intelligence, which you can, you know, it's designed to do one thing and, and one thing only. So, video game, chess, you know, and um, self-driving cars. And they also have AGI, artificial general intelligence. So now they want to basically model the human, model human intelligence. So now my question to you is now: Can human intelligence, in its complexity and in all that it is? reduced to a set of instructions is this possible and that's a great question also and and i think that's that's 
those are the two opposing schools of thoughts that we sort of come to the point where we have to pick pick a side, right? right? And that is the notion that intelligence is local to the mind, to the brain. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the prevalent school of thought today, is that it's local to the brain. And our, my school of thought with, 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 with intelligent systems is that the brain, like every other system, is emergent. Right. But what did it emerge from? And what is it tethered to? Right. That allows it to still have this connection, even though this connection is fleeting, even though it, it, you, you lose connection over time, the, 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 the rope, the tether gets longer. Right, right. It's still connected to that, to that infinite intelligence. What, how do we do that? How do we define that? So what we're saying then, it's not that intelligence or consciousness, biological consciousness, or we say intelligence is local to the brain, but we're saying it existed before and that the brain is really the intermediary between that, but it's not the author. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. It's not the author. That's a great way to put it. It's not the author. And, 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 and that's why I have a bit of an issue with the notion of AI. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, so yes, you can always have predictive accuracy. Right. If you zoom in. Right. If you discretize, that's it. But, right. but every system that's built today over time, depreciates and collapses. Right. From the mechanical systems to even our biological systems. Right, right. They inherently, they inherently die. Right. And that's you know, the reason. Right, right. You know, so that's interesting. So, again, from my perspective, I don't think, because if, if that's the notion that we can just quantify human intelligence as a mere set of instructions, I have to say that what made Einstein do what he did, and Einstein's brain was running, was it was just a different set of instructions. So I don't think it's possible. I don't think they can actually, because a God doesn't create another God. A God creates something lesser than itself, a human, which within itself is godly, but a human. A God doesn't create another God, so how can we then create another human as far as the intelligent aspect, AI intelligence? There's a gradient. There's a gradient. There's a gradient of intelligence. And, 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 you know, Mm-hmm. And the, the notion of AGI is more interesting to me because AGI basically is trying to replicate the universe. Right, right. And to me, that's what's more interesting because I just see the current AI systems to be like calculators. That's it. They just calculators. Right, right. Right? But can they replicate the universe? Can, can you rebuild the universe in a quantum computer? Right, right. With that model, right? With humans in there, with whatever, whatever dimensions in there, whatever you want to describe, can you do that? And if you cannot do that, then what? Then then it's not intelligence, right? Right. But see, that would even from the standpoint of how AI or how quantum systems come about, that's actually impossible because the energy they're talking about decoherence. So the issue that they're having, they can't. They can only have a few hundred qubits in you know superposition because of the decoherence. So they might have energy you need to require to even stabilize. So they're saying it's the, the wiring bottleneck. It's one wire per qubit, right? Mm-hmm. So 
in order to even have an AI system that can even model the whole universe, the energy that we can produce down here can't even build the system. We exactly. can't build it. There's not enough energy that we can produce down here that can produce that system. And you know why? Because we're still stuck in the energy realm of Einstein. Right, right. Turing talked about this. In, right, right. in, computability, in computability, there is a threshold. Right. Right? If we're dealing with intelligence at a fundamental level, then, we, then, 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 then we're dealing with this thing that comes before energy. Right, right. We're stuck within the energy realm, so we cannot sub-replicate within the energy realm. That's right. why they say. That's why they say the so-called God, or whatever, exists beyond the three dimensions. Right. He's all seen because he literally can replicate it. Right. 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 Or he, whatever he or she, whatever whatever you want to call this entity. Right. Right. But to me, this entity is not a. It's, 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 it's a philosophy. It exists. It exists before mathematics. Right. Right. And then math is what we use to understand that entity. Right, right. Because math is the elevator to it. Right. And right now we on this, we're on a, we're on some floor, but we don't we don't know how to get to the highest floor. Right, right. The elevator can't do it. You know. So what we're basically so the premise of what we're saying is this isn't the end. This isn't. There's more here and. The gateway is through math, but the gateway is understanding that the system we have is incomplete with the equal science. Something mm. else needs to come forth in order to go to the next level. Exactly. At the fundamental level, the equal science is, so is incomplete, which is which we, we, we prove in this book, geometrically, topologically. And for us to open the next door for civilization, right, to go to the next level, mm -hmm. we have to go beyond the equal sign. That's powerful. You know, that's powerful, but what if that's too much? What if that's too much for this current timeline right now to go beyond the equal sign? Because the equal sign is so prevalent within all things, what if that's mm -hmm. just too much right now? What if? How, how, what's the span, what's the year span where that would become feasible? Where we can go beyond the equal sign? As soon as we can... As soon as we have computation strong enough to deal with really, really, really large entities like the E's and the I's and the Pi's. Right, right. Once we can play with those, we're, we're going to start playing with something that's much, much larger than energy. That's powerful. And you say, and once we get to there, the doorway is infinite. You know, infinite possibilities awaits us, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and not to get too religious, but, but before this book, getting there required death. Right, right. And now we're going to have access to that door again. Right, within life itself. It's a door. And we have to open it. And I think we just did. <laughs> but, now, but now, what are the implications? Right. Can, is humanity, the question is, is humanity ready to open that door? 
I don't know. I can't answer that question. But I think it's time that the, that they know that the door can be open. That's powerful. One must know before we can answer. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, man. It's 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 um. It's been a journey. That's all I can say. It's been a journey. So you know. <laughs> so, but really, what your book does, and I feel like again. You know the Harvard and Oxfords, those people who do, those crowds need to take notes of it because what you've laid down here, this body of work, really is questioning reality and the mathematical system we have, the equal sign and different things that you have, and also we didn't really touch into the formula that would have been good to go into. Mm-hmm. But it really is. So we're gonna go into that. We're gonna go into the depth of the mathematics on the next episode. But uh, this episode today, we're just to introduce the book and sort of give a quick background to the audience if they're interested in knowing, like, the motivation and stuff like that, which we covered today. But on um, the next episode, you and I are going to go into the into the meat of this book and go into the geometry, because I, I want to go into the geometry. I want to go into Goodell's theorems. I want to talk about Alan Turn, go into more detail about incomputability. Uh, I want to talk about uh, uh, Poincaré conjecture. I want to talk about the rectangular peg problem. You know, I want to talk about uh, old Grigori Perelman uh, and the square peg problem. I want to go into the meat of this, and and we don't want to overwhelm the audience too soon. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. So we're gonna take it bit by bit, but 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 rest assured that we're gonna definitely explore this book a lot deeper. You know, it's, and there's so much to explore. There's so much, and this brother right here really has a lot to offer, man. And really, the academic world needs to take note now. These, you know, this brother's next up and coming brother right here because it's powerful information, and really, I enjoyed it, man. And, it was it was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And 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 and, and I have to say thank you to you too, man, because because you're working on your book, and and, and and I'm also inspired, and I cannot wait to get your book. And uh, and I definitely think that we're gonna be collaborating on a few books in the future because I feel like we are we we we. It's, I think it's our duty to 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 you know those who know must see. So I think it's our duty to 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 help others um, um, if they want to be helped to sort of understand or get a perspective. That they haven't, they're not familiar with um, about nature and, and how systems work in general. You know, so um, I'm very excited for the future, and I think uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, so that's powerful. So yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the video. Hope you took a good measurements. All right, people. Thanks. For Thank watching. you. Thanks for watching. Yo, yeah, we can keep talking, but you can.